This is Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. We bring you stories of faith and God's goodness shared by people like you. I pray we build and encourage your faith. If you have a story to tell, please let us know by contacting us through our website at amazedbygod.com. We would love to help you share it with the world. While you're there, check out our other ministries. And if you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Now here's your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. This is your host, Mark Stitchin. Today I kind of wanted to share something that was on my heart, something that over the past couple weeks has kind of been resonating with me, and a sort of sermon of sorts, and I hope you bear with me and, and, and just listen to this, because I want to challenge you to look at the world around you a little bit differently. Today's passage comes out of Acts 17. So if you have your Bibles or your smartphones and you have the Bible app or however you read the Bible or take in the Bible, if you want to open there and follow along, it's Acts 17. But in this passage, Paul goes to Athens for the first time. Paul's traveling around on his missionary journeys where he is taking the gospel out of Jerusalem and and the nation of Israel and he's spreading it to the rest of the world. Paul's probably one of the reasons that we are Christians here in America nowadays because he he took the gospel to other places. And when he went to places, he shared and started churches. And in Athens, there was no church. Athens was a very interesting city. At one point, it was kind of the New York of the ancient world. It was a, it was a, it was a financial center. And then it became the, the epicenter of, of art and philosophy at the time Paul's there. We can read in, in other things when we we learn about Athens, that people would say it's easier to find a god before a man in Athens because their, their buildings were dedicated to, to gods. There, there were statues, and, and people wanted to know about just thought processes and, and how are we here, and, and all this became part of the, the culture of Athens. There was no church. There was no synagogue that we know of. There was just these people like uh, Plato and Socrates and, and all those names you learned in Intro to Philosophy. They all stemmed out of Athens. That's where they set up shop because it was just that place that you went to learn. And Paul's there. Paul's, Paul winds up getting there and he sees that there is no church. And we pick this up in Acts 17. Where, where on chapter 16, we see that Paul is waiting for them in Athens. He is greatly distressed to see that the city is full of idols. That's Acts 17, 16. It was full of idols. Do you ever look around and wonder what our idols are? Or, I think one of the, the, the main idols that we have is the ability to control our own time. I heard somebody talking about this actually just today, that you, some people would rather give money than their time because their time is so valuable to them. 
because there, we can't make more. We can't produce more time. And definitely, I think sometimes God wants more of our times. When we're in those hard situations, when we feel like we're in a rut and we're not spending time with God, I think that's one of the biggest idols that we have nowadays. But in this passage, it says Paul was troubled. Some other versions say he was distressed. Paul is out there because he wants to spread the gospel. And this, this passage, this, this word distressed or troubled, if we look back in Hebrew and in the Hebrew scriptures, we can see the same word come to play in Deuteronomy 1.24 when it says, when the, uh, when the Lord heard your words, because he, he's, he's, he's angry about what happened when, they went, uh, when the spies went to see in what was going on in the promised land. When the Lord heard your words, he grew angry and swore an oath that none of these men of this evil generation will see the good land. I swore to your fathers, except for Caleb, son of Jephthah, and he will see it, and I will give him and his descendants the land on which he has set his foot. He has completely followed the Lord. That, that word angry there, that troubled word that was back in Acts, that's what he's feeling. He's feeling this kind of, this, this tension rise up inside of him. And Paul wants to, wants to do something. Paul looks at it the way God looks at them. What troubles you? This is how the Lord feels. You can feel it in Paul. Has there ever been a time where you just kind of, you were irked by something around you? Just today, as I'm recording this, I went out to buy a friend of mine a birthday present. And, and I'm not going to share because this is going to go out before his birthday. And I was going into a local store instead of buying on Amazon because I want to support some local stuff. And, and as, I, as I'm walking into the store, three kids come running out with just handfuls and book bags full of stuff that they clearly have just stolen. They're carrying things in their hands. I'm confused and on the phone. I don't know what's going on. And I can, it registers in my mind that these kids just stole probably $3,000 worth of sporting good equipment. And they were young. I would assume they were probably either high school or college-age kids. And it made me not only just distressed that, like, people resort to this stuff. And they were laughing the whole time. And I stood there just in awe of what I saw. And then I'm angry, of course, for myself because well, now i got to walk into the store where a bunch of people have just stolen stuff and I'm buying something. And I think, well, that's why Amazon's making so much money. They don't have people stealing from them. It's so much more convenient not to go talk to somebody. We don't have to do this. And, and now you're hurting a local small business. You know, it makes me wanted to, like, jump in and try to stop them. But they're carrying weapons in their hands. So that wasn't my first thought. And I was distressed for them. I, I, I've been in youth ministry for so long, and I, I, 
I've watched kids grow. And when kids resort to this type of stuff, instead of seeing their full potential and trying to get out there, it makes me sad. And it makes me want, it makes me want to, want to, it really makes me kind of just want to cry. I live in Baltimore. We're just outside of Baltimore. And Baltimore is not a good city. I found out, I found out earlier that in one week, one little neighborhood had nine deaths, that, that nine people were shot and murdered in one week. Like this, that, that no regret for human life. It makes, it makes me sad and it makes me distressed and it makes me angry that the church as a whole is not stepping up to try to help these people. When you meet people, do you do you see them? Does it break your heart like it breaks God's heart? When you see people like this in your own life, wherever you are, that don't know the Lord, does it break your heart? How about when you see Christians fight and pick at each other? Because online that happens all the time. And it's so sad. It's so sad that anybody can pick up a spear and throw it at somebody else. We're not afraid online anymore. There's, there's no couth. You're not worried about getting punched in the face. I look at some things and I think if that person said that to me or to one of the other people that they're speaking to, that they would have a fist coming at their face. And it might even be justified at that point because some of the things that people say online is ridiculous. And the things that Christians say to other Christians is absolutely nuts. There is no grace. We don't give grace anymore. We don't show love because online, we don't have to. We revert to the worst part of ourselves. In the next verse, in, in 17, we see that Paul is going to do something about this. Going to do this, this, this thing where he sees that there is no church. 17 says, So he reasoned in the synagogue, both with the Jew and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace, day by day, with those who happen to be there. Paul goes where the people are. And he reasons with them. He doesn't pick at them. He doesn't make fun of them. He doesn't tell them what they, what they don't want to hear. He goes and tries to reason with them. We see, we see further back at one point, Paul's reasoning with Jews by telling them who Jesus is through the Hebrew scriptures, through the Old Testament. And we see in other places, Paul starts to tell them about God when, when they don't know anything about it. So he uses their culture and who they are to bring, bring God to them and in, their, in their, their way, in their communication. How many Christians are so introverted in their Christianity where they are so shut down and shut off from everything else that they can't relate to the people outside of, outside of Christendom. 
they 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 don't know how to relate to a, somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus or doesn't come to church. And then they want to argue from the Bible standpoint with somebody who doesn't believe in the Bible. It makes no sense. We have to be inside of culture to talk to the people outside of the church. We have the message of Jesus, but we have to have many ways to share. I've heard it like this, simply church, simply Jesus, but we have a blank whiteboard and we will share that message anyway on that whiteboard. And that's what Paul's doing. That's what we should be doing. The internet is a wonderful place if we don't use it for evil. What what has gone so awry with us that Christians are known more for their hate and their infighting than for love and grace and forgiveness? I started off by saying this has been a been a hectic week, and I, I want to read something. I want to read a photo that I saw online uh, a couple days ago. And it says, and I'll explain them as we go through here real quick. Toby Mac's son passed away. And Toby Mac's a Christian singer, if you don't know. And his son passed away. John MacArthur bashes Beth Moore. And John MacArthur is a, of course, male, famous Bible teacher. Bashes Beth Moore, a female uh, preacher and evangelist, for being a woman and sharing the gospel. Kanye West drops an album entitled Jesus is King, and we'll, we'll talk about Kanye in a little bit. In a week filled with, with pain, division, and hope in this country's spotlight is now on us, believers. In a week where Christianity uh, permeated through seemingly every major headline, the eyes of the world are obviously turned to Jesus. But many people's first step won't be to pick up his word. No, they'll see what's at their local church. What will they see? Will they see a body of believers united in one in Jesus Christ, regardless of race, gender, or denomination? Or will they see utter chaos and division, judgment, slander, gossip, hypocrisy, and disgust? The body of Christ is is one center stage in today's culture. Maybe we have have created, maybe we were created for such this time. Wake up, church. We, we, we have an opportunity now where people are looking at us. The Kanye thing, and Kanye West is a rapper, if you don't know who, let's just say he was full of himself and the antithesis of just living that lifestyle who has now turned and and you know started a church and released a gospel album and has been sharing his love for Jesus and people have not liked it and people have liked it people some people think it's a work and he's just kind of making fun of you know Christians and other people think it's genuine but the truth is he's reaching people He's holding a service basically in Hollywood and and big names that 
everyone knows are coming. But some people were just picking him apart and, and, and tearing him down. Some people just don't seem to like what he's doing. I, I, and I don't understand it. Yeah, I have pause in my spirit. To, is he truly repentance? But I'm not the one to judge. I'm happy he released the gospel album. Because no matter what happens, God can use that. God can use what he did for his glory. And I'm going to share a personal story about this podcast right now. Two weeks ago from the day this one drops, this episode is going to drop, I released an episode with a friend of mine, and she had stated that basically she went to a psychic, and the psychic told her to go to church. And I received more comments and messages on my Facebook and through text message from people I know and don't know that were so judgmental of her, that were unbelievably mad for some reason that Jen got saved this way. I had people calling her salvation into question. This can't be real. She just lied to you. I had so many negative comments for that that it it, it I was depressed. It 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 hurt me just to hear that. I was called names for putting that out there. A story about where somebody is now on fire and serving God who is one of the leaders of the greeting team of hospitality at her church because of what God did for her. She's trying to share back with people. And people were pissed about the way she came to know Christ. Like we all have to do it in a church service or a Billy Graham crusade. No, God chose to use this way. Yeah, it's it's not common. It's not normal. And I know what the Bible talks about with psychics, but, but God also used the psychic to talk to Samuel, even though it was in the negative. Or not Samuel, sorry. Through Samuel, even though it was to Saul in the negative, why can't he use it in the positive? Heck, God used a donkey at one point. Yes, he used a donkey. If you don't know your Bible, look it up. Just type into Google, God speaks through a donkey to talk to somebody and to share his message. But people want to be mean. People knew that I couldn't punch them in the face. So they took it shots at me online. And yes, I try not to let them get to me, but some of them hurt. I also did get a lot of, oh my goodness, that was an awesome testimony. Wow, did that really happen? But the truth is, we have become so judgmental of everything. We have become so To the point, we've become so 
just mean to the point that we want to pick everything apart that we don't stand with. Even, even as a country, if we don't know how to disagree with people. You know what? I listened to Kanye's album. It's personally not for me, but I'm happy that he did it. I didn't like m- much of his music to begin with. But you know what? Get out there and talk to people. He was on, I think his name's James Gordon's talk show when he did the airplane karaoke. Go watch the full 16 minutes of that. When he talks about how he got here, and he was like, people prayed for me. Pray for people. If you disagree with them, pray for people. What John MacArthur said about Beth Moore, it was terrible to do it. The Bible is such a pro-woman book because you have to read it in its culture. It was pushing them further and further forward. And if we want to hold them back and hold them down, we set culture back. I want to read the next verse in 17. So 17, 18. It says, A group of Epicurean and Socratic philosophers began to debate him, him being Paul. Some of them asked, What is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, He seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Babbler. It's a funny word. Uh, if you read, I read it in another, another version, and it said pseudo-intellectual. Uh, that word, babbler or pseudo-intellectual, comes one time in the New Testament. And it, it's, it, it basically comes from two separate words in the Greek. The first word is, is sperma, <laughs> and all my teenage boys laughed. Uh, kind of like, you know, when you say, like, it's your duty, and <laughs> boys, yes, it's sperma, it means seed, um, I, you know what it means. The other one is leogas, uh, and it means to carry. So it's to, to carry a seed, or seed, you have a seed to carry. It's, it's this tiny thing. It was, it was a word used for, like, birds that would peck at the ground and pick up seeds and take them somewhere else and drop them. Or, or people who would go up and pick up uh, little ideas here and little ideas there, and they're, they're, they're not smart enough that they're dangerous, and that they confuse things, and they get all these things just kind of mixed up, and, 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 and they don't jive well. And, and, and it's kind of a derogatory term to people who weren't smart in this, 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 this culture of philosophy. We're like, what is what is this babbler? What is this 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 pseudo intellectual saying? They were trying to cut him down. They were trying to tear him down. They're 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 not listening to his words and and already bashing him. But Paul desperately goes out and and meets and preaches to these people, and seeing that in every way they're religious, he he starts using the culture around them. And he starts to build his church there, starts to build the church that he's going to plant 
he starts to build Christians there so they can then go forth and reach other people. Are you carrying a seed that is going to be planted in somebody? Or are you carrying an axe to cut down someone else's tree that they planted as a seed somewhere else? Are you watering someone else's seed or are you digging it up? You know what? People can come at me all they want. I'm going to press on and push and tell people about the love of God. And if I ruffle some feathers, I think I'm doing something right. Are you going to go and cut down Kanye West? And if Kanye West, if you hear this, I would love to have your testimony. If anybody can get this to him, do it. I don't I highly doubt it. But you know what? If you have a testimony, come share it on this. Because you're either watering someone else's seed, planting a seed, or you are the one chopping it down. Let's be known for love again. And let's not worry about the whole culture of Christianity being known for what it is. Let yourself be known for that in whatever way that is. Don't cut down someone else's tree. Water it. Be the light on a hill, as Jesus called us. That is a beacon of hope. And stop, please stop arguing online with other Christians. We need to be known for people who are distressed or troubled at the broken world around them and for the reaction of what they're doing, of what we're doing because of that, not for the infighting and the mean comments and the hurt that we deal out. Too many people are hurt by, by Christians and never know the love of God, and that should break your heart. Let's go out and carry the seed and plant some seeds and let's go out and water someone else's seeds. Let's be known by our love than from our hate. And I leave you with this. It's, it, I think it's the pinnacle of all words in the scripture how can you say it's oh sorry it's first john uh first john 420 sorry how can you say you love god when you do not love the ones around you So 
who are amazed by God again. This is Mark Stitchin. And I pray from the bottom of my heart that you will start to show the love of God to each and every person that you come in contact with and your heart will break as you see people who are lost and hurting in this broken world. Thank you and we will see you next Monday. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.